water. Hey, this is Sharkbait, and this is Sharkbait's Chumlide Podcast for Monday, June 10th, 2013. On today's podcast, we're going to take a look at that huge mako shark that was caught off of California. We're also going to take a quick look at some uh, great white sightings out in Cape Cod, and also a little update on a shark tournament out in Montauk, New York. Um, and then a little bit more about some of the uh, upcoming Jaws things we have. Um, so actually, let's start with the Jaws things we have coming up. Um, again, in the last podcast, we talked about how I'm going to start doing some Jaws podcasts to kind of fill some voids here. And I've already got a couple interviews lined up with people who have been inspired by Jaws, who you know I know because of the movie Jaws. Um, but one of the big interviews I have is coming up is with the widow of Frank Mundus, um, noted shark uh, angler, and later on shark conservationist, and that's going to be the reason I'm going to be talking to Mrs. Mundus, is because Frank kind of started the shark fin- fishing industry, especially out here uh, on the East Coast, and off the Atlantic here in New York, and may or may not have been the um, model for the character of Quint in the movie and book Jaws. Later on, he became very much into shark conservation, and that kind of tar- ties into with the, uh, the the shark fishing tournament I'm going to be involved in in the end of July, it looks like. Um, so I'm going to be talking with Mrs. Mundus, hopefully. We have some, uh, some tentative dates set up, hopefully. So if you want a question you would like to ask to the widow of Frank Mundus, let me know. Uh, all that information will be at the end of the podcast if you want to get in on that. Um, so let's talk about that shark that was caught off of um, California. And, and it's an unfortunate thing because it's a rather large shark. And um, looks like it was an 11-foot mako shark weighing in at just over 1,300 pounds, 1,323.5 pounds. And it caught off the Southern California coast actually last Monday. Um, it's unfortunate that this uh, the shark had to die. I, you know, it, it's kind of a uh, sticking point as far as where people lie on the uh, side of fishing and shark fishing in general, um, especially when it comes to recreational. Something like this, though, I think definitely needs to be looked at as far as. Um, the need for more catch and release because when you have something this big I mean I I want to look at it from the side of you know conservation first is you got something this big it's lasted this long why do we want to kill it on the other hand if you try to look at it from the I I will use the term harvesters and that was how I was taught when I was younger Um, they're harvesters Um, you know however you feel about harvesting it, when you have something that big, I, you, and if you're if you're doing it as these people are, as far as thrill seekers, they they keep mentioning in the in all the uh, the news stories, and you know they're, they're hunters. Um, but again, if if you had this glorious two and a half hour long battle with this monster fish, I you know to me, I the glory kind of would be you know when you see something that amazing. Is you let it go. I mean, uh, is it really that important to have the record? Um, you know, they said they donated the body to science, but you know, as, as someone pointed out in the story, what do you do with a dead body? I mean, I, I know they can do certain things. They can, you know, get scales. They can send them off and figure out the age and what have you from these fish. But 
you know, how, how much more information could you get if you were able to, you know, I, you know, I wish there was something in place that would allow you to catch these things, be able to record how big they are, if that's what you want to do, how, you know, it, I know the logistics of carrying, of having a, uh, a scale that could weigh a 1,300-pound shark on board a ship is kind of, you know, that's probably not going to happen. So it's unfortunate that the shark had to be caught. Um, you know, it's they kind of have it as uh, their quote was, anytime you're dealing with an apex predator at a food source, it's frightening. Um, you are three to four feet away from something with the absolute ability to kill you. When it comes towards you, it comes with the purpose of killing and eating something. And that's the quote. Uh, I, I did inject some of my sarcasm there. Um, that's, you know, either right or wrong. It's just how I feel about it. You know, I, I think this is kind of perpetuating the whole shark myth in the media. Um, they wanted a soundbite. You wanted something out there. Um, you know, I, I don't think the, the Mako was hunting them down to kill them in the food source. Um, I, I had wanted to look into the, uh, shark attack records to see the last time someone was killed by a Mako. Um, they're usually pretty much open water when they do come in. This wasn't, this was caught, I believe, only, uh, 11 miles offshore, I think. Uh, I can't find it right now, but, um... Uh, 15 miles away for this short fin Mako. Um, so unfortunately, I think this, you know, it's a show. I, I won't even bother mentioning it. That'll give them undue press. Um, but I'm sure it will be a big episode when it comes out because unfortunately, I think sharks are not. We are a culture now that we want the next height thing. And we just cannot look away from these accidents that are just so prevalent now on TV. Um, so, that's all there is to say about that right now. Again, you want to get in the conversation, the connections on how to get a hold of me are at the end. But suffice to say, however you feel about shark fishing, recreational, commercial, whatever, you know, I think this is a, a case where, you know, it's great. <laughs> if you want to go for a record, it's so sad. Um, but there, there's no reason why I think this thing should have been killed. You know, you want to go for the glory of catching it, and wow, look what I did. You have so many media devices now where you can capture that on film, and wow, that's great, and look at this, it's going back in the water. You know, it, gone are the days where you need to parade it around in, in front of, you know, a crowd. Um, you can do that instantly now by getting a video, putting it on YouTube, done. So, all right, enough of that. Um... This is time of year where Massachusetts start getting their great white sightings, and I guess last week, uh, this is actually on Sunday, um, they closed Nosset Beach, um, Cape Cod, because of a confirmed sighting of a great white. Uh, they spotted the dorsal fin about 150 yards off the beach at 10.15 on Sunday, estimated between 12 and 13 feet. Um, so we're going to start looking at the sharks up in Cape Cod. It seems to be an annual thing when they start coming up there. Um, and the media will jump all over that, either good or bad. Um, so anyway, now we're going to go on to the, uh, the, shark, the no-kill shark tournament. So this is the Shark Eyes Shark Tournament. 
and this is from last week's uh, news release, June 1st, 2013. And I'm reading from the uh, news release. If you want this, again, you give me a, a shout, and I will email this over to you. Okay, and Colton James, Carolyn Doctorow, the Shark Brothers, and a Shark Attack victim coming to Shark Eyes Tournament. Must add, Dave Bofill Marine, Whitewater Marine, and the Riverhead Foundation for Marine Research and Preservation join as new sponsors, Montauk Marine Basin, to donate profits to charity. So, June 1st, 2013, Shark Eye, Montauk's first satellite tag and all-release fishing tournament hosted by Montauk Marine Basin, has expanded into a two-day festival for sport, science, conservation, education. On July 27th and 28th, not only will some of the foremost research scientists in the country come to Montauk, they'll be joined by country music sensation Colton James and folk music star Carolyn Doctorow. They're performing at the outdoor stage at Gosman's Famous Seafood Dock Saturday night. On both days, Brooks and Sean Paxton, also known as the Shark Brothers, will provide exciting informational and educational forums under the tent at Montauk Marine Basin. Brooks and Sean directed the Guy Harvey Ultimate Shark Challenge in Florida, and it's another shark conservation fishing tournament. Also on hand will be Scott Curatola Wagaman, yours truly, um, shark tax survivor, to talk about his story and some shark conservation news. Booth Sons of Tent will host the Guy Harvey Ocean Foundation O-Search and the Riverhead Foundation for Marine Research and Preservation. It's all for the public to better understand the vital work that these organizations are doing to bring back the large sharks and other species that once flourished in our waters. So four sharks will receive satellite tagging tags during the two all-day release tournament. Three anglers will name three sharks. The sixth grade class at the Montauk School will name a fourth. The public will then be able to follow these fish online via the OSEARCH Global Shark Tracker, the most followed shark tracking site and app in the world, provided free of charge. Dave Bofill Marine and Whitewater Marine will provide chase boats with the scientists to tag the sharks, and must add, the best-selling hook on the planet will provide the circle hooks. The Guy Harvey Ocean Foundation is providing $10,000 in cash prizes, and renowned artist April Gornick has donated an original work of art for the winner. All profits from the two-day event will go to the Montauk Boatmen, the Montauk School, the Montauk Chamber of Commerce, and the concerned citizens of Montauk. For information on Shark's Eye, please contact Carl Darenberg at yachts at optonline.net, call 631-668-5900, or visit www.sharkseyetournament.com. So, that is what's coming up. Um, hopefully I will be attending. Like I said, they have me there as a shark attack survivor and to talk about some of the uh, limited work I've done with shark conservation. And hopefully I'll be able to make it. Unfortunately, um, my wife is scheduled to have our, our second child, our second son, that same weekend. So um, if I'm not going to be there, I'm hoping to uh, provide a little taped um, message and you know story about what happened to me when my shark bite. I, I don't really like to use a shark attack. So that's the information there. Okay, so that's it for today's podcast. Again, um, look for some more podcasts coming up that will be kind of... Um, for the moment centered around some Jaws themed stuff um, so we'll be doing some updates there again if you have any um, questions you would like to ask Jeanette Mundus uh, please give me uh, a shout so 
you know, the normal stuff, you can can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just do the search for Sharkbait in the podcasts. Um, Check out all the research. Check out all the podcast resources on the blog, www.sharkbaitpod.com. We'll have links to all those stories I gave you today. And like us on Facebook, search for Sharkbait's Chum Line. And you can follow me on Twitter at SharkBHum. And as always, I can welcome some feedback here. If you got questions, you want to ask me some comments, tell me how it's doing. If you want some questions to be added, uh, asked of Jeanette, let me know. And, you know, specifically with Jaws, let me know what you think about Jaws. Have you seen Jaws? What do you think about Jaws? If you haven't seen Jaws and you're really into sharks, let me know why you haven't seen it. Is there a reason? Um, and you can do that through the email, sharkbait at sharkbaitpod.com. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, Mr. Finn, what do you got to say?